Have you ever wondered why so many of us are restless? Whatever we have never seems to be enough. Whatever we achieve, there's always a greater challenge. Our to-do list is never-ending. Life can leave us weary and worn out. We sleep badly, we feel frazzled, we need a break. Every week, millions of us play the lottery, hoping we can escape to a life of luxury and ease. And every day we get new ideas of how we can chill from the tensions of our 21st century life. As we begin to emerge from lockdown, I think we have a unique chance to think about the way we live our lives and how we might want to live them differently. A chance to build back better in a personal sense, if you like. So what better time as we end our current series to look and learn from the God who made us, the God who knows how we tick, the God of rest. So let's read a few more verses from the Bible account of creation that we've been looking at recently. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good indeed. Evening came, and then morning, the sixth day. So the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed. On the seventh day, God had completed his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from all his work of creation. Let's just pause to note a couple of things. So God finished all his work of creation, everything we see and loads that we can't. But God didn't collapse exhausted on the celestial sofa. He chose to rest. God is not a workaholic. I'll come back to that later. Everything was completed and God looked and he declared it to be very good. God paused to take time to enjoy what he had made. He took pleasure. He took delight. And finally, and strangely, God blessed the day and declared it holy. You know, there were only three things in creation that God blessed. He blessed all the animals and birds when he made them and said, be fruitful and multiply. He blessed Adam and Eve and said, multiply and rule over the earth. And he blessed a day. He said it was holy, separate, dedicated to the Lord. A bit like my mum's best china, which was kept apart and only came out on special occasions. God blessed not a place or a space, but a day. Food for thought. What we have here in Genesis is God modelling something. God setting a pattern creating a, a rhythm in the very DNA of creation. In the same way as we had morning and evening to define a day, now we have six days of work and one day of rest to define a week. But what does that mean in practice for us? Well, we get a bit more insight as we turn to the Ten Commandments, God's pattern for life given to his chosen people which introduce a name for this day of rest, the Sabbath. What we see is God is moving from modelling something to us, giving us an example, to instructing us uh, in the best way to live. Now, 
If you're anything like me, you probably haven't read the Ten Commandments for a while. But let me tell you, they're recorded twice in the Bible. Once in Exodus 20 and again in Deuteronomy 5. And in both cases, they're basically the same with a few subtle but important differences. The first three are all about God and his place in our lives. You shall have no other gods before me, based on who he is. The last six are all about how we live in community, that we should not steal, we should not lie, we should not uh, murder. And wouldn't the world be a better place if we could only keep those? But the fourth one is about something completely different, the Sabbath. And here God commands us not to do this or not do that. He commands us to remember and he commands us to keep. To remember and to keep. So let me throw out two big questions for us today. Have we forgotten something that we should remember? And have we lost something that we should have kept? Let's take a look at that first uh, Exodus version of the commandments. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. You are to labor six days and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You must not do any work. You, your son or daughter, your male and female servant, your livestock or the resident alien who is within your city gates. For the Lord made the heavens and the earth the sea and everything in them in six days. Then he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and declared it holy. We're told to remember the Sabbath because of what God modeled in creation, what we read in Genesis. The God who loves us, who is a good father, is giving us instruction, teaching his children the best way to live how we were designed to operate. He has hardwired this into creation, into our very DNA. I wonder, when you get some new device, new phone, new computer, new kitchen appliance, whatever, which sort of person are you? Do you get the manual out and read it first? Or do you just plug it in and give it a go? Well, sometimes when we just plug it in and give it a go, we end up leading to a bit of a disaster. <laughs> Me, I'm a manual reader. But here we've got the maker's instructions for us and we ignore it at our peril. Forget it, we can pay a price. I wonder, in our current situation, could it be that the God who brings good things out of really bad situations is making the COVID pandemic a sort of Sabbath for us. The rest that the Bible is talking about, the rest that God is wanting to lead us into, is not just about time off. It's not just about not working. There's more to it than that. The restating of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy 5 adds another layer to our understanding, another reason for Sabbath, connecting it to God's great rescue plan. Listen to this. It's in Deuteronomy 5, verse 15. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God brought you out there with a strong hand and an outstretched arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. 
God is saying to the Jews that they should remember the Sabbath because he brought them out of slavery in Egypt. God rescued them from a place where they were forced labor, where there was no rest, to bring them into a promised land, a land where they would be at rest. Sadly, in their desire to follow the instructions God gave, they came up with lots of rules, covering what you could and what you couldn't do on the Sabbath. When I visited Israel some years ago, there was a bit of a row going on with some of the rabbis. Some of them defined switching on a light as work, so you shouldn't do it on the Sabbath. But that led to a problem with fridges, because when you open the door, which wasn't work and was allowed, the light came on, which was work and wasn't allowed. So work that out. What a sad state of affairs that they had come to argue about that. These rules that were aimed at helping people follow God over the generations actually became a stumbling block. And by the time Jesus appears on the scene, the rules have become the focus rather than God. They were missing the point. So enter Jesus, who in the Gospels takes the title for himself, Lord of the Sabbath. And he breaks their rules without any apology as he points us to something greater. As ever, Jesus leads us above and beyond what was already revealed in the Old Testament. And what Jesus reveals is that Sabbath rest is meant to be about more than a day. It's meant to be a way of life. Jesus puts it this way, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is giving us an invitation to come to him and in following him to rest from our own work. Rest in the, in the truest sense. Rest from trying to be good. Rest from trying to get to God. Rest from trying to get in God's good books. When we trust in what Jesus did for us in living and dying and rising again, we can truly rest in him. A rest from guilt and shame and fear. Rest, as Jesus promises, for our souls. Jesus is the ultimate source of rest. St. Augustine, an influential first century church leader, put it this way, our souls are restless until they find their rest in you. So what does all this mean in practice? Are we to follow the commandments? Well, yes, but I believe Jesus has fulfilled the law and saved us from a legalistic following of the Sabbath by showing us a new way of living, living from a place of rest. And by our choices and our actions, you and I can even influence the world around us. Do we still need a Sabbath day? I believe we do. But modern life may mean that it's not a Sunday. Take my example, I work for this church. Sunday is not a day off for me. The important thing is not the day, the important thing is Sabbath time and Sabbath rest. 
Now this is a huge subject. Something that Fran and I have been working out, trying to understand, trying to put into practice for a number of years now, and we're still a work in progress on this. But what I want to do is just to drop a little pebble into your busy life, into that pond, and I pray that God will just cause some ripples that will come out from it that will impact the way you live. So I want to share with you three ingredients of Sabbath rest. And the first is stopping. The Hebrew word Sabbath literally means to stop. Stopping doesn't happen by accident. It's intentional. It's based on actively keeping. You may even need to plan and prepare in order to stop. And that's probably especially true if you've got young children or if you're a lone parent. But as John Mark Comer puts it in his excellent book, the ruthless elimination of hurry. Think of how we observe a holiday like Christmas or Easter. We gear up for it, plan out the day in advance, do all we can to make it special, approach it with anticipation. The Sabbath is like that. A holiday every week, but without all the stress and the family drama. A once a week celebration of all that is good in God's world. One of my sons has three young girls and they as a family have been exploring Sabbath and they get the kids, they get the girls involved in preparing for their Sabbath day, which is Saturday. They have special toys which only come out on that day. And he told me recently their four-year-old got up really early on the Saturday morning, got herself dressed and burst into their bedroom with the shout, it's Sabbath. She was so excited. Well, amen to that is all I can say. Sabbath rest means stopping, stopping achieving, stopping acquiring, stopping doing stuff and stopping getting stuff. The two things that drive our world system. As I've wrestled with this in recent years, I've come to see some of the barriers there are to stopping. Where I grew up in a small village, uh, most of the mums in those days were housewives. That was the norm. And their model was that you got up early in the morning, you did all your work and your household chores, and then later on you got cleaned up and you went out and paraded with your pram in the afternoon. Now, times have certainly changed, but that pattern has left its mark on me. My tendency is to think, well, I'll just get this done and then I'll stop. But you know, if we have to get through our list, we'll never rest. And in this, we are not like God. God rested when he had completed. I need to accept that I have limits that I have never finished. I need to accept that one day I won't be here at all and all those unfinished things really won't matter. There's something in stopping that involves us accepting our God-given limitations and being at peace with that, trusting God, knowing our place, releasing things to him. Sleep is quite a good example of this, you know. We lay our heads down every night trusting that God is going to watch over us, keep us breathing, keep the world ticking over and still be there when we awake. We surrender to it, trusting in him. 
There's trust involved, even if you're not conscious of it. Don't let your list stop you from stopping. If you're a list freak, put stopping on your list. Maybe you think in the 21st century, we're all too busy. Sometimes we can even take pride in our busyness. Maybe you are a workaholic. Well, let me reiterate, let me be clear, as I said at the beginning, God is not a workaholic. Jesus was not a workaholic when he was on this earth. He modelled rhythms of work and rest. Yes, sometimes he was very busy, but remember he kept disappearing. He took time aside with his disciples. He stayed with friends. He went to so many parties, he got a bit of a reputation. His rhythm included being at the synagogue every Sabbath day. He looked after his disciples. Mark chapter 6 verse 31 says this, he said to them, Jesus said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest a while. For many people were coming and going and they did not even have time to eat. Jesus had a mission to save the whole world from God the Father, yet he made time to rest. How do your and my to-do list compare with that? If you're a workaholic, can I just say simply to you, you need to repent. You're not being like your Father in heaven. Examine your heart. We can often find pride, self-importance, or maybe the opposite, a lack of real identity or sense of significance. Give it some attention. Ask Holy Spirit to come and help you and change you inside. As I've said, stopping means being intentional. It may mean changing some bad habits. What would help you to stop? For example, what if I were to say to you, turn your phone off, and I don't mean on silent, I mean off. What's your response and what does it reveal? Do you think, well, I can't do that? Is it because underneath you think the world can't cope without you? Or maybe you can't cope without the world? Or maybe it's not your phone, maybe it's your computer, your games console, your social media feeds, your calendars, your emails, your TV, your list of things to do. The world will cope without you for a while. Spoiler alert, one day it will cope without you altogether. When we stop and when we rest, we come face to face with the God who is enough. We stop doing and we just start being. And we need to stop in order that we can do something else. My second ingredient, the Hebrew word Sabbath can also be translated as to delight. I hope you got the sense of this with God seeing everything that he has made and declaring it's very good indeed. There is enjoyment, there is fulfillment there, and God wants us to enjoy his good gifts. Sabbath rest is about things that refresh your soul, that reawaken your life. Let's learn the lesson of the history of the Jews, that it's not about rules. I can't give you rules today. You've got to work it out for yourself. What restores you? What delights you? What people, places, activities give you that real pleasure? 
It's more than just me time doing nothing, although that may well be part of it. Sabbath rest does not mean catching up on all your chores. If you need to do that, you're not planning the rest of the week properly. You need to separate chores from delight. Let me give you a, a daft example. For me, DIY is a challenge because I'm not very good at it. And it's a chore because I don't enjoy it. But during the long weeks and months of lockdown, I got it into my head that I wanted to build a log store. So I did from an old outdoor table and a, an old fence panel. It was creative. It was restoring. I am ridiculously proud of my log store. I walk out to our back door and I stand and look at it and I say, that is very good. Just like my father in heaven. It did my soul good. Find out what restores your soul. Sabbath time, Sabbath rest can mean time to properly connect with family and friends, whether you can see them or not. Once a month, I write to my eight-year-old granddaughter and I tell her stories about my childhood because I don't see her very often. I'm connecting with her. It does my soul good. It's a time for delighting in what you have, not for thinking about what you don't have. It's about celebrating God's gifts and not forgetting him in it. Because my third and final ingredient of Sabbath rest is God himself. Because Sabbath rest is holy to the Lord. Following God's timeless wisdom will do anyone good. If you're watching this today and you're not a Christian, I promise you that following what God says will do you good. But I also want you to know there's more. Because as I've said, true rest is only in him. Rest from guilt and shame and fear. Our God is a rest and a refuge. He's a good father, a shield and a hiding place. He desires to bless us. He desires to prosper us. Only he completes us, fills that aching void in our hearts. We were made for him and we will only find our true selves in him not by looking inside. So Sabbath rest must involve God, our good shepherd, who leads us beside still waters and restores our soul. Walter Brueggemann in his brilliant book, Sabbath as Resistance, says this, people who keep the Sabbath live all seven days differently. You see, a day off is not Sabbath but Sabbath will be a day off. It's certainly not a day off from God. We can know his presence. We can walk with him, talk with him, whatever we're doing, take him uh, wherever we go. It doesn't mean we have to spend all day singing hymns and reading the Bible, but it may well be the day where we gather together as church. And that should be a blessing. That should be refreshing. If it's not, I suggest the problem's either with your attitude or with your church, not with the principle. Gathering to worship is central both in the Old Testament and the New Testament and in the life of Jesus. It was his custom, his rhythm, his routine. And we're going to need to embrace gathering together again in the hopefully not too distant future. 
We will need to be intentional. It will be a change. The day is coming when you'll need to get up and get out of those PJs and gather again together. So, as I finish, let me ask you, how much rest is there in your life? And how much of God is there in your rest? Let's remember, let's keep, let's stop, let's take delight, let's make it holy to the Lord. I'd like to finish by leading you in a, a Sabbath blessing prayer written by Pete Gregg that I use and you might like to use yourself. So I invite you to join me in this prayer. May this day bring Sabbath rest to my heart and my home. May God's image in me be restored and my imagination in God be restoried. May the gravity of material things be lightened and the relativity of time slow down. May I know grace to embrace my own finite smallness in the arms of God's infinite greatness. May God's word feed me and his spirit lead me into the week and into the life to come. Amen. <laughs>